Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today, we have a good friend of mine, Javier Mendez, who is also the founder of AKA, my business partner here at AKA Thailand, head coach to Daniel Cormier, who's fighting Stipe Miocic this weekend at UFC 252, also head coach to Habib and many other champions and world-class fighters. Um, he's going to give us an update of how DC is doing, how his camp was, how fight week is going, uh, preparations going into this huge fight this weekend what his predictions are, uh, everything. We're going to get all the updates right now. Um, you know, th this, is, uh, this is a big deal. It's a big fight. You know, the, the winner of this fight is said to be the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, uh, and, and that's a big deal. We're not talking about the, the greatest boxer, the greatest kickboxer, the greatest uh, taekwondo. We're talking about the greatest fighter, the, the greatest sports combat heavyweight of all time, the winner of this fight. Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Javier Mendez obviously training Daniel Cormier. Uh, so let's get to it. He's, he's on his way to train Daniel uh, right after this uh, podcast. So let's, uh, let's get this thing started. All right, Javier, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Swick. It's first time on your show. I'm really uh, honored that you finally, after you know, 10 years of your show, you finally invited me on. What's up? Yeah, I know. Huh? It's, it's not like you're my... My favorite, most seen guest or anything, but uh, yeah. So you are in, on you, so you're in Vegas right now. I'm jealous because it's been so long since I've been to Vegas. It's been so long since I've been with you in Vegas. It's been so long since I've been at a fight in Vegas, and especially it's been so long since I've been getting ready for a fight in Vegas. So what's it like? What, what, what's it like being there for fight week for UFC two five two and this big you know heavyweight match with uh, DC and Stipe? Well, it, I'll tell you what, <laughs> no one's talking about it. That's how much it is. Everybody's got masks on. The t oh, everything's different right here. Oh, it's, wow. it's the place you want to be anywhere in the U.S., but uh, it's not like fight week, not at all. It's so Hardly weird. Because nobody's here fights, you know. It's 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 uh, it's all TV-driven, uh, you know. And uh, so the fans are not here, so there's not a lot of fans here. I was going to ask you the difference, at least cause I knew there wouldn't be fans, but I, I was going to ask you the difference of like production and and just you know you have to assume there's going to be some fans there, but I didn't even think about the fact about masks and it's not going to be like the flooding in the hotels when you walk through with the fans mobbing you at the at the elevators and stuff like the old days, huh? No, no, this we're talking about. Uh, you know, I'm at the Paris uh, Hotel and and this thing has got I would say eighty percent of the restaurants are closed. You know, wow. um, nah, bro. It, it's it's the whole yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, there's people here in Vegas, but it is not like Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, of course. What are the obligations of DC now? Like, considering this is such a big fight and everything, is he like compared to when we were fighting back in the day? And obviously, since then, a little bit. Has things changed as far as his obligations? Does he have a crazy amount of media obligations to do, or is he pretty pretty open now? Got it all out of the way, and he's just kind of focusing on the cut, you know, the cut and then the fight. Well, he's not cutting. I'm, what am I talking about? Uh, I don't know exactly, to be honest with you, because I'm, a, I'm, I'm somewhere else. They're somewhere else. I don't check in until Friday. So <laughs> I skipped all the, the obligations. The only thing I've been obligated is I come in and uh, during the training, you know, we train at Extreme Coutures. Yep. We go there and we get our training in. Then I'm back back to my hotel. They're out doing their thing. I check in on Friday. Yeah. How, how's his training going? How's everything going fight week? Going good. Everything's on track. All the coaches got him dialed in, you know. Uh, Crazy Bob Cook, you know, Rosindo Sanchez, Leandro Vieira, you know, Rudy Mendoza. 
you know, uh, they're all they're all on track with him, you know. And uh, Camacho, you know, the the strength and conditioning coach, everybody's on point with him. Everybody's doing their job. He's looking better than he's ever looked. He definitely looked better this fight than last fight. So what's going to happen is going to happen. You know, we can't prevent or, or you know, can't predict really. But what's going to happen is going to happen. But he's ready. He's ready to go. So leading up to this uh, fight week, and obviously his camp went better, you said, than, than it has before. Yeah, this camp's better than last camp, but he was ready last time too. You know, but let's face it, he got a little tired. The great body shots that they get Stipe kid hit him with over and over and over. I mean, they, they contributed to that loss. Those body shots is what, uh, on top of the fact that he was getting tired, but those body shots took a lot out of him. Even if he was in great shape, I think those body shots would have done some damage anyway. So those body shots are really key factor in, in, uh, in the win for Stipe last time. I think we all know, like, how much DC takes a loss. Like, he obviously... You know, it, it, it he's a warrior. You know what I mean. You don't like to lose, and we've seen how it affects him emotionally, um, and that shows you how much of a warrior he is. He's not he's not, he's not one of these guys that show up and it's like if I lose, I lose. Whatever, I'll just go on and, and, and pick myself up. Of course, he'll pick himself up, but a, a loss to him is like death. And so, like, I, I feel like you know he he definitely wants to win, and he definitely hates losing. And this is like his redemption time. I feel like mentally, from his interviews, from him talking with Arrow, from him. Uh, from the things I've seen, my podcast with him as well, he seems like he's in a very confident, very hungry, very motivated place right now because this he has a chance to, you know, not beat Stipe twice or 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 do. I mean, he has obviously beat him twice, but I mean, not in a row. This is a chance for redemption. This is a chance to like, you know, be the best and and, and actually put himself apart. You know, considering he did lose the last one, so I feel like he's got that confidence and and he's got that hunger that that's going to be important. I think in this fight. It, it is, and, you know, he does have the confidence. He has the motivation. He's in better shape. There's no back problems. Everything's good, awesome. you know. Uh, hopefully we'll keep it that way and there's no injuries, you know. But everything right now is great, you know, and it's just a matter of the fight's the fight now. We'll, we'll, we'll do our, our part and we'll, you know, all the coaches are on track. DC's on track. And, uh, you know, this this fight here is the greatest uh, heavyweight of all time and not, not UFC all time. All time includes everybody because, you know, I thought Fedor was the greatest of all time. But when you continue fighting when he did, it, it tarnished. He's still one of the greatest, but can't, you can't consider him the greatest anymore because of the amount of losses and tails that he's gotten over, over yep. you know, when he probably should retire. But think about it. He's not much, if, if I'm not mistaken, they're pretty close to the same age. So yeah. DC is 41, going 42. Fedor yeah. might be 42. So it isn't like, you know, there's an age difference. No. So how can you not consider DC the greatest heavyweight of all time? You have to. And you you have to. Or, or if you don't win, it's got to be Stipe, hands down. And you can compare the fact that, that, that Fedor may have had more fights early on in his career, whatever, in MMA, but then you look at the, the level of wrestling DC's had and the wear and tear that's taken on your body. It's the same. So, I mean, it's a very yeah. good comparison between him and Fedor as far as, like, the wear and tear on the body, the age, but yet DC yeah. is fighting at the highest level to be the best ever at, at 41 years old. At his or 42. Yes, correct. At his age. That's what I'm saying. And that's exactly what I'm saying at his age. You know, so yeah. can you imagine? DC started at 30, bro. Yeah. At yeah. 30. Can you imagine? He <laughs> started years. at 22 or 19. Jeez. How much of a fucking wrecking machine he'd be? Yeah. Think crazy. about that. <laughs> so, so how can you not? How can, if he wins, how can you not put him in that category? You have to. Unless you're biased, you know, and, and there'll be people that will be biased. And of course, 
you can't say I'm not buying stories DC. You know I am. You know, but I think I speak the truth. I think there's nobody that speaks uh, the truth more, especially when it comes to this kind of thing and rankings and 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 especially because he doesn't want to be biased and he wants to be fair. But when Dana himself says that this is going to be the greatest heavyweight of all time, that's enough. I mean, he's not going to be biased. You know what I mean? Like he he he's going to say how it is when it comes to like fights and rankings on that level. And he said it. So I, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me. He, he's at the age that he's at. And like you said, he said on the podcast with me that, you know, he went 30 years before he ever started MMA. That's fucking crazy, man. I get so many people that ask me, like, I'm 21 years old. Is it too late to start MMA? You know, I'm 22. Is it too late for me to start MMA? And I got DC, the greatest, potentially, after this fight, the greatest heavyweight to ever do it. He didn't even start for 30 years. Didn't even start MMA for 30 years. That's crazy to me. Yeah, but let's be fair. Olympic level wrestling. I get wrestling. it. I get, like he, yeah, that helps. He really did. <laughs> he really did. Because, I mean, hey, come on, man. If you can't stop him from taking you to the ground, you ain't stopping them at all. Javier, and, and, and let's 40, face it. If 40 his years, earlier career, guys, he smashed guys, take him to the ground. If you could stand with him, you, 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 you'll do well. But if you couldn't stand with him and you're on your ass, He'll maul you, and then you know, you know, you were around when he was mauling people when he first started. He mauled me. I mean, me. he didn't his stand up where it's at now, but his, you know, Olympic level wrestling was was, was the X factor, and uh, so yeah, if you're young, you can you can pick up 21, 22, and, and then pick up good skills. But if you're older, the 30 range, and you have no wrestling, you have no. Oh, man, it's going to be a rough road. But you can also talk about this Olympic level wrestling uh, pedigree that he has. Uh, he also knocked out Stipe at 40 years old. So I mean, <laughs> he obviously is 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 a, is a prodigy in MMA. You know, to use to use the striking abilities, and not even using wrestling, and still beat the best in the in the world at their own game. Yeah, he is. He's he, he's definitely. Uh, I mean, hey, he, and, and if the people really got to know him, what a beautiful person he is, and and just a. You know, damn hell of a. You know, it's like Mike Tyson. Uh, uh, recently, I heard just said that. He is surprised that DC isn't more popular than he is because he's. Once you know him and you meet him, Tyson said he's a great guy, and people should be way behind this guy more so than they are. There are people a lot of behind them now. Don't get me wrong, but he should be more so the kind of person he is. And if you, you know, see the incredible athlete that he is, you would go, "Wow, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Yeah. Wait, where I've been sleeping under a rock. This guy, this guy, one of the greatest of all time is, and he's acting like a normal person to me. He doesn't act like anything different." It's amazing. It's the way he carries himself that 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 really propels him in that status of for me to think of him that way. It's, it's amazing. He's just great. It's it's better for the later of his career after fighting, um, but it's no controversy. That's why he, he's not out there doing crazy dumb shit, and and he's not showboating and like spending most of his time with antics and and running the mouth. You know, so it's like that's that's why he hasn't had that hype that some of the other fighters have. But he's been the, the best fighter. And I think that's going to carry on through his post-career, being a commentator and the things that he loves to do because he carried himself so well. He's respected, and he won't be looked – there won't be hundreds of videos of him acting like a jackass you know, through the years just, just to get that, that, those moments of uh, popularity and, and fame and, and attention. Yeah. If they're going to get him for anything, they're going to get him for, you know, off season. He's going to love to eat, you know. Yeah, of course. And and there's that, nothing wrong with that's that. About, that's about the best they're going to do on him. They're going to get him eating, <laughs> you know, eating good food and getting himself thick again. You know, that's it. 
I mean, yeah. but other than that, he's a beautiful human being. I mean, he spends time with his kids and wrestling kids. And, man, he's just a workaholic, what he does. And what he gives back for the kids, is, it's unbelievable. And, and, and I've never seen anybody of his stature that's that big that gives back to, to the youth like he yeah. does. Nobody. I, I've never even heard of anybody that, that does what he does. None of them. Like, hey, listen, for instance, like if the wrestling season was going on, and I, I usually train them on Saturdays before a fight, right? If let's say this last Saturday that, uh, before we came here, he uh, he put himself in a situation where I'm going to train him, or there's a tournament, a kids wrestling tournament. Uh, where do you think he's going to be? Now you got the most important fight of your career. His last eleven fights have been title fights. His right. last eleven fights have been that's, title that's fights. Crazy. The only one that was Anderson Silva, and that's because Anderson Silva on late notice didn't right. want to come and do a, a five round deal on three rounds. But for all that time, this guy. On a Saturday, if there's wrestling going on, he's not with me. He's gone. He goes, Hob, I, I'm going to skip practice today. I, I, I go, okay. You know, I'm not going to tell the guy, hey, get your ass in here. You need it. No, he needs to be for his kids, be there for them. And, and that's what he's done. I don't know of anybody that would do that. I, yeah. I know for damn sure when I was fighting, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I know. So I'm more, I'm a kind of selfish in that way. I go, man, I got to protect myself. I got no, but no, no, he'll sacrifice himself. The training to go take care of the kids in wrestling. Who does that? I'll be honest he with you. I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way as you, man. I, like, I was selfish in my fight career and doing what I wanted to do when I wasn't training so hard because you guys are killing me in, 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 the, in the gym. Um, but I've been surprised so many times when I came home from Thailand when he was a champ and when he was at the top level and I'd come into AKA, you know, the off times or, or different times of the day and he'd be training the, the, the wrestling program. And I'm just like – wow you know like just just wow like you don't see guys at this level teaching people you know what i mean like you just you just don't usually like maybe maybe later on in their oh. career or something like that but like when they're at the height of their career they could be doing tv stuff they could be doing movies they could be doing resting just just doing you know, working on their own techniques their own stuff he's in there just loving like and and when you see him teaching you you can attest to this hob it's not like he's in there just because like he feels obligated or something like he genuinely loves being in there He's yelling and excited, and like it's it's crazy. I mean, he's an ambassador of the sport, and and there's not enough good things you can say about him, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. There's not enough good things you can say about him, and and you know he does so many good things. And I said, DC, he goes, Hob, did you do this? I go, Yeah, I did that. He goes, Why'd you do that, Hob? I go, Because people need to know what kind of person you are. They need to know how humble you are, how grateful, and how much you give back to the community. He goes, Hob, I don't do that for that reason. I go, I know you don't. Because if you did, you'd advertise and you don't, you know, but, but people need to know you because they don't understand, you know, and that's why people go do what they do. So, so people can get to, to get more fans like, you know, and it's a lot of, in all fairness, you know, a lot of these professional athletes, they're told, oh, go to this clinic, oh, go, go to the, the cancer foundation, oh, go this and go that. And, and they'll do it because it's publicity for them. DC does it with no publicity because that's who he is. And that's what people, they're, they're not getting. Uh, uh, and uh, the people that are on board with him, they know that, you know, like you and I know that. And other people, fans are starting to know that, but not enough know that. Because if enough knew what he does outside of the fight game, then he'd have way more fans, way more fans. And he'd be the perfect ideal situation where you go, hey, you want to be a fighter? You want to be like DC. You want to be like Habib. You know, those are the type of fighters that that perfect, man. They're, they're just loyal, you know, and, and they really don't screw up. He'll gain freedom. Except though. when they fight. Habib will fight anybody when it's yeah, a fight. Yeah, of course. 
He'll gain freedom, though. He'll have a little bit, you know, with that fame comes loss of freedom, as we've seen. So he'll have a lot more freedom to be able to enjoy himself a lot more when his career is over and when he's doing commentating and continuing on with whatever else he's doing. He won't be quite so – he won't be like Habib, you know what I mean? Like where you got to have like 50 people around you and you can't even like walk into a freaking uh, store or, a, you know. It, so he'll have a little bit more freedom. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Are there any stories – uh, from the gym, any I know how DC is. I know how crazy he is and stuff like that. Is there anything interesting that happened during this fight camp that stands out? Just any cool stories that you can tell me, just real fast? No, not on this one. Not on this just one. Just training, huh? No, this one. Yeah, just training. We, every, the training was done at his house, and I didn't see him very much at all. This one, I but I go train him on a on a uh, Thursday and Saturday. You know, I didn't train him as much. I'd watch some of the sparring. Uh, at my gym, but then he he, he elected uh, to stay at his gym. He built uh, at his house. He built his own gym at his house, uh-huh. so he had a lot of the key fighters that needed to go there. And the problem for me is I had responsibility of being at the gym with other fighters that had fights coming up. Right. So you know, um, you know, we weren't op- we're not open, but we are open for some of the guys that select few that yeah. you know I could I let have one or sparring partners and and they got to stick with them and the whole bit because this COVID thing is. You know, it's just highly contagious, and though I don't know one fighter, one fighter that's actually training this that, that got that died as a result of the COVID, but obviously you know how serious it is, and, yeah. and uh, other people, you know, you and I may not die from it, but somebody we know or loved one might. So you know, there DC decided he better just train at, at his house. Yeah, safe, and and he can do it. He knows he knows what he's doing. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, that yeah. Shit, lost my train of thought for two seconds. I was going to ask you, though, um, fuck my life. Your life? <laughs> you fuck your life? I fucking okay. had the best. I had the best. I had something so important to say. It just fucking, like, it just, like, left, like, the uh, fucking, fuck. like, the wind it's blew it. Like, the wind just blew it, like, right out of my head. Like, it's early in the morning. You're out of your head. <laughs> it's, what the fuck this is, is I going to say? out of your head or- coughed out of your head this isn't even helping me now now i'm not now it's like even worse oh fuck it was i was gonna ask about dc um oh yeah okay no i don't want to ask so 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 we're back to normal and and that was just an act i totally remember what i was gonna say what i was gonna say was i know you obviously study opponents and 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 mindsets and things like that where do you think i'm not saying you saw stipe so far this fight week or you've seen him recently or interviews or whatever but where do you think his head is? And, and, and give me an evaluation just real quick on Stipe. Where do you think he is? Uh, what do you think he's thinking? And, and how do you think he's going to come after DC and try and take this fight? Let's reverse it. Well, I, I think he's going to come in fantastic shape again. I think he might even come lighter than last time, you know, because he was, he was lighter the second time than the first time. Yep. And I think he's even going to be lighter uh, because movement is good for him. And uh, cardio is good for him. And uh, you saw how he dug to the well. He was losing every round. And uh, he stuck in there. He's in great shape. And uh, I think that uh, he's going to do that. He's going to definitely, you know, when you, go, when you go to the well and you hit the body shot like he did as many times as he did, I guarantee you he's going for that body again. And he's going to change it up, too. Yeah. So he's going to go to the body. He's going to change up the, to go to the body, go somewhere else. If their coaches are good, they're going to do that. So if you're a world champion, one of the greatest of all time, like he is, you, your coaches are usually really, really good. So I'm assuming his coach is going to have him go to the body, but then change it up, make it look like they're going to the body, go somewhere else. You know, so I think a lot of that's going to happen. 
Uh, DC, because he has so many different coaches, they all tell him. I tell him things. Bob tells him things. You know, Rosendo tells him things. Leandro tells him things. And the jiu-jitsu head, Rudy, Rudy Mendoza helps him out. You know, and, and, and Camacho, Chris Camacho, who's a strength and conditioning coach. Actually, Chris Camacho, too, is because Camacho's been around a lot of the great uh, boxing trainers. Like like right now, he's with Galopin, you know, uh, you know, uh, getting ready to fight... Uh, I think uh, who's going to get? He's going to fight. Uh, he's going to fight uh, probably. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, he's, he's geared to fight somebody right now. But if he wins, he's going to fight the guy that that he had one. In, uh, what's his name? The guy from Mexico. Jesus, what's his name? I got a I got a brain fart like you just did. The wind. The wind what? just caught you. <laughs> you know? uh, what's his uh, What's his name? The 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 Mexican guy from Mexico. You just, you just Canelo. asked me what, who the Mexican guy from Mexico is. <laughs> I don't yeah, follow yeah. boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Mike Mexico, Tyson's fighting Mexico, Roy Jones. Mexico is from Mexico. Yeah. You're talking Canelo. about uh, you're talking about uh, Canelo. Yeah, I'm talking about Canelo. I'm oh, talking shit, about I was hoping you Chris said Camacho. yes, so I didn't look bad. <laughs> He's training with Galapin right now. He's okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so. They're getting ready. If they win this next fight, they're going to do the big fight with Canelo again. That's, a That's huge what he fight. said. Yeah, I know and, Canelo. And then Chris is going to too. You know? So he's, and rather what I'm saying, DC's among world class coaches, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, and you know what? From the podcast I had with him, he seems like, like I told him, like I told you, I said that I don't think he'd ever lost a fight had he stuck to a game plan to just win a fight only and not. Not get out there and fight. Not get out there and try to compete with your your opponent and beat him at his own game and look flashy and all this kind of stuff. And I told him the same thing, and 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 he so much agreed without like saying it. But you know, like I feel like without saying anything, and I don't even know your strategy and all we all are planning on doing for this fight. Obviously, I can only imagine, but I, I feel like he is definitely taking it serious and he is going to fight the smartest fight possible. And 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 the good thing about DC is he's never going to have a, a a safe fight. Like you know, we could sit there and say he could have a safe fight and beat everybody, but it's like a safe fight for DC is not a boring fight. Like DC can make an exciting fight anywhere. So it's not like he's going to go grab somebody around their waist and hold them down and just and just lock their arms up like Berkman did to Meek. You know, and like in, in our fight, like no. he he's going to be no. exciting no matter what. So I am super pumped to see him go out there. I think he's in his great form mentally from our podcast and. I think he's going to go out there and fight a great fight. And and hats off to Stipe. Stipe is one of the best fighters in the world. I think he's an amazing fighter. And I think he's going to put up a hell of a fight because he's going to know what to expect, just like DC is going to know what to expect as well. And these two warriors are going to go out there, and I think we're going to be left with the greatest heavyweight of all time. And obviously we're biased, and we hope that's DC. <laughs> and that's that's our goal. Of course. But I'm excited. Biased. I'm excited for it. Can you imagine what kind of execution I get if, if I really believed otherwise? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Todd, uh, I hate to tell you, but you're no longer my coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? No, I'm just no, no. the truth. I, I mean, I think I, I can't believe I can't believe the odds are so close. You know, like I mean, I know we have insight knowledge on DC, and and we've been around him for so long, and we've seen his capabilities and what he's done, and and the mistakes he's made. I think were all mistakes he didn't have to make, um, depending on his own mindset. But the point is, uh, I, I'm surprised the odds are so close. But then again, again, you're talking about the two best heavyweights in the world. So I mean, like that that's what makes this fight solidify the greatest. You have two guys that are so evenly matched. So. I'm excited to see it, to see the fight. I'm excited to uh, check in with you right afterwards, and and hopefully I can see some action uh, of DC being excited and happy afterwards, and and 
if everything goes as planned and 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 that belt that belt comes back to aka again that's what i'm hoping for yeah well you know i mean that's the plan right and like you said you know um you know, DC. You know, he, he's known for not following the plan. Yeah, and it hasn't turned out. He's, he's, he's not a following warrior, the plan. Man. He and just he's wants won. to go out there and be a warrior. And, and, but I'll tell you with this, one hundred percent, he's never lost when he followed the plan. Never sure. lost. And never. that's why I said he would he never lose. Plan, destroys people. All right, let me ask you this, and I wasn't going to ask you this because I didn't want to seem disrespectful because um, I don't want to. I don't want to make it look like DC is not doesn't listen or something. But I do want to ask this question. Um, a, a, it doesn't. It doesn't sometimes. A, right. But that's exactly why I said DC, I felt like he would never have lost a fight had he stuck to the game plan. But let me just ask you this, and this is no disrespect to DC because the only reason DC's never not stuck to the game plan is because he's a fucking savage warrior who wants to fucking destroy people at their own game. It's not like he's scared yeah. or he, he got intimidated uh, or he freaked out. So, that, so there's no way that this is an insult. In your opinion, and, 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 you, and without giving a stra- his strategy away or game plan, uh, what, how close do you think this time he will stick to uh, the, the, the winning, you know, quote-unquote, the coach's winning strategy? Like, how close do you think compared to before that he will stick to it and he'll go out there and, and, and fight um, to, to win this fight? Okay, well, the last time I was 50-50 on it. This one I'm more like 90, 90-10. Yeah, I feel the same way. He pretty much said it. I mean, in my podcast, I mean, he pretty much said the same thing. So I feel the same way. And that's good. Yeah. He talked about it. Y'all talk about it. Uh, we have a conversation. All the coaches, they give their input at the, at the end of the workout. And we say, okay. So, we, you know, it's like you're mentally going over in your head how you're supposed to fight, what you're supposed to do this way. You know, as your, your, your thought process goes through it, your actually coaches are telling you too. So you got everything. You know, you're going through it in your mind, but your coaches are telling you the things you should be going through your mind. And yeah. he's got some great coaching. You, sure know, you know, Crazy Bob Cook, your coach also. So you know how great, you know how great Crazy Bob is. And uh, Crazy Bob's fantastic at, at advice and how to fight and what you did wrong and what you did right. I mean, he's unbelievable there. And uh, he hits it on the nail every time. Yep, absolutely. Both of you guys have gotten me out of – trouble in fights <laughs> because i just listened to you guys and i didn't i didn't it wasn't i was even confident it was going to work i just listened because i was like shit i can at least blame it on them if it doesn't happen and it, and it pulled me out of a lot of situations so i know exactly what you're talking about hey what's up everybody i want to take a second to thank our sponsor aka thailand the world's premier luxury training resort here in phuket thailand Uh, I know it's quarantine time right now if you're watching this podcast in real time. So we are offering a 30% off special if you pre-book group training. That's for one week, one month, three months, six months, one year, however long you want to book. And there's no expiration date, guys. So you can book this training at akthailand.com right now. Save 30%. That's a third you can save off your group training, which can help pay for your flight, pay for your food, pay for whatever else you want to pay for on your trip to Thailand. Um, and you can use it anytime. So no matter when this quarantine ends, whether it ends in a month, two months, three months, six months, whether you come in 2021 or 2022, you can still use this training uh, at any time. There's no expiration date. So uh, I will say this is the best sell we've ever done. Uh, the biggest sell we've ever done, the biggest sell we will ever do. I'll never go more than 30% off ever. 
Um, and this has been for all of you guys in quarantine that want to come. We've gotten so many messages. We've sent, we've sold so many of these pre-sales already. So I know you guys are fired up and excited and appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys being appreciative and, and, and showing how dedicated you are and motivated you are to come make a change to yourself and, and come train here in Thailand and, and pre-book your training. So we are keeping this open until they announce the flights are open back to Phuket. Right now, the flights, the international flights are not open. You cannot fly into Phuket. Um, they're saying September 26th is when the date is, but they haven't announced anything. Once they announce the date, the sale's going to be over. I'm sorry, guys. It's going to end. So you're going to have to book, uh, I would say, ASAP because they could announce it tomorrow and then the sale's over. Because once, once they announce the date that the flights are open, we're going to start getting a ton of more bookings, a ton of more people coming, and then we're just going to be losing 30% over and over again, it's going to cost us a lot of money. Right now, we have the least amount of people paying because uh, the quarantine and because you guys can't actually come here. So that's why we're offering you such a great deal at 30% off. So if you're planning on coming, uh, book now, aktime.com. And if you want to get a travel package or an all-inclusive package of some kind that has uh, the motorbikes and the accommodations, which we can outfit you, we can outfit you with a package where you can just book and pay online and you do nothing but fly to Thailand. We pick you up VIP style from the airport. We take you to your hotel. We get you a motorbike to drive around with. Uh, we set you up with a meal plan where you can have two to three meals a day, not have to worry about your food. Uh, you have access to whatever package uh, you get. Uh, you, you have access to the, the, the classes in that package. It could be all the classes that we have. Um, and you have to worry about nothing. You pay one time and everything's taken care of. So if you want to do a group package, email us at info at I will still take 30% off of the group training part of that package. I can't take it off everything because everything is outsourced. So we can't get the same discount from the accommodation and from the motorbike, even though the package is already discounted. Um, I will take 30% off the group training and reduce the price of your overall package even more, saving you even more money. You're getting like a, like a double special. Um, so email us at info at and I will honor that. Best time to buy, guys. Seriously, this is the highest rated gym in the world. Uh, check us out on TripAdvisor. Read the reviews. See what the customers have to say. Our customers are amazing. We appreciate all the support. Um, the, the reviews on TripAdvisor are so extensive, and they write so much uh, detail about their, their stay and the pictures and the photos, and, um, which is the same thing, pictures and photos, um, and, and their stories and, and, and their experiences. You can really get a good idea of what it's about. And it's for all levels, guys. It's for all levels. It's not just for fighters. Our gym is for, uh, we have customers that have, or guests, I should say, that have no experience. And they just want to come here and have a good time and train with world-class trainers and, and train alongside professional fighters or train alongside other people like themselves. We, we, we put everyone in their own groups together. Um, and then we have amateur level fighters and pro level fighters and amateur to medium level uh, fitness uh, athletes, you know, that, that might have some fitness experience and train on a regular basis and some that have none. So guys, this gym is for everybody. One more thing before I let you go. Uh, we also are an official school in Thailand. Is it, 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 you think it can't get any better and it just gets better. We're also a school in Thailand. So that means 
Uh, we created an official school that happens to be an award-winning school. We are one of the best sports schools in Thailand. We have an award for that. I don't have it to show you right now, but you can actually email us and we'll show you. Uh, we are an award-winning school in Thailand, which means we can enroll you in our uh, education program and give you a six to 12-month visa. That means when you come to Thailand as a tourist, you can only stay for three months. I'm sorry. Uh, you can stay for one month and you can possibly get a three-month uh, visa. In our education program, we can enroll you as a student and you can stay for six months or you can stay for a year. So you don't have to worry about going in and out and, 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 and making trips and wasting money uh, just so that you can stay legally in Thailand. You can stay there for an entire year, train, get all your stuff done, have everything taken care of and not worry and every single detail that you need uh, taken care of will be done with our administration. We will take you to immigration personally uh, you'll be in there the shortest amount of time possible than anybody else. They'll do all the work, the legwork, uh, translation, uh, help you out if you have any kind of accidents, run-ins with the police at checkpoints because maybe you were speeding or didn't have your helmet. They will take care of everything for you. We are full-service, five-star, highest-rated gym in the world. If you don't know who we are, you haven't heard about us yet, here's a commercial. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. I want to get to Khabib real fast. Uh, how's Khabib doing? Like, uh, what, what are the updates on him? I know he's, he's obviously looks like he's focused back on training. He's doing good. Uh, you were in Dagestan uh, and, and you've seen him train. You've seen his setup there. You've seen his, his, his regimen there. What can you say about uh, how he's doing right now and, and, and how he's feeling and how he's training? You know, I, 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 uh, I've, got, I've talked to him about three weeks ago. And he was telling me that, uh, that they're going to send me out after DC's fight. And I'm not sure where. Uh, you know, I don't think it's Russia because I don't think I can get in Russia. But, but he said, let me know. Uh, I know it's not U.S. And the reason why I say not U.S. us because he asked me how's it at the gym. I said, not good. You know, he goes, uh, so he goes, not good idea. I said, no, not a good idea. Not this right. time. And why I'm bringing it up here is because Habib gets, I kid you not, anywhere in the neighborhood from 30 to 50 visitors that come watch stay outside and just be there to get a glimpse of him get Imagine. a picture or autograph and they make a trip around that you know and i don't want the fans that that love him that much that 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 making the trip to come to san jose because they expect him to be there and all of a sudden they come there's no one there you know right. i don't want that you know and make because I, I feel bad for them you know and you know it's like they're the reason why we are where we're at and you're going to say, well, screw the fans. No, 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 no. You know, my feeling is, hey, man, you're making that much of an effort to come see one of my guys. You're, you're keeping my job 
and, and what I do happy and, and I'm content with what I'm doing because of what you fans do. So I don't want to lead them wrong and say, hey, you know, screw you guys. I, you know, we're gonna, not going to tell you. No, he's not going to be there, you know. So um, that, it's just, it needs to be said he's not going to be at San Jose AK for the first time, you know. And uh, we'll find out where, but, but I'm leaving uh, after DC's fight. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see where we're going to go. And, uh, you know, he's in shape all the time. He goes between his, um, where he, right now he's, he's at the mountain village. There's like two mountain villages. And then he's got the, the main house in the Mahakasala, the main city, mm-hmm. right? He's got one there and, uh, he's got his, he's got three homes there in the, the main city and his brother and his father all next to him. He built homes for all three of them. And, uh, and I guess in, in the mountains, it's, uh, same thing, because I was there, too. And uh, so he's there with his mother, uh, because he said his mother's still going through a hard time. And he is, too. But, but his motivation is to fulfill his father's legacy, yeah. you know. So um, that, that's kind of like the, about the only things we really discussed. And he has to go out there and uh, smash people to fulfill his father's legacy. And, and uh, that's the goal. That's why he's coming back sooner than than some people expected because he has a legacy to fulfill. yeah he's got a legacy to fulfill and he's got he's got obligations that that you know if you want to honor your father and what better way right what better way than to honor what a great man his father was than to fulfill yeah. his father's uh you know what he wanted for for the city and uh, russia and just for everybody in general martial arts and what he wanted for habib yeah i was surprised about him coming back so soon but it was a surprise. Like if it was anyone else, I would be surprised and worried. With Habib, it's it's I'm surprised, but like I'm not worried because like there's only one reason why he's coming back early, and it's not to make money. It's not for fame. It's not. I mean, he's coming back with vengeance. And and I was gonna ask you because you're so close uh, to Habib and you know him so well. Obviously, we've seen fighters go through hardships, and this is a big hardship that he's going through with the loss of his father, um, and, and other hardships, relationships, and stuff like that. And they've came back, and some have done okay, some have done better, some have done worse. What makes you think Habib is going to come back in this fight after dealing with this hardship? And be stronger and better. Like, what are, what what are the factors that, that come into play in your mind that that, may, that set him apart from uh, many or all of the other fighters in the world? Pretty much. Well, well his, his mental strength and his belief in, in himself and what his father's instilled in him, and how much he loved his father, and how he wants to prove, you know, that he can do what his father set out for him to do. You know, and and that's why I think he's going to come up more on the positive end than the, than the negative end. I mean, obviously, we're not there yet, so we don't know 100%, but I would say I'm 99% that he's going to be able to f- fulfill what happened here as, as, a, as a tool to energize himself and to complete the, the legacy that his father set out for him. And, and uh, I, I myself, you know, you know, became a champion because my father's work, you know. Yeah. You'll never amount to anything, you know. And I'm yeah. like, it, I was like, what? And, you know, he's laughing, like, you'll never amount to anything. And I'm like, okay. I'm, like, thinking, you know, why are you dad? Why are you dad? goes, oh, you're not going to amount to anything. Yeah. I go, so that dug deep inside, bro. And I was like, oh, no, no I'm going to amount to something. And then when I became something, I, I told my dad, I said, hey, remember you told me I wouldn't amount to nothing? He goes, look. And he goes, he goes, I was only kidding. And I said, you know what? Whether you're kidding or not, it's still dug in deep. You know, and, and I'm not mad at you after it, but actually I should be grateful to you because look, look what I've done as a result. So I'm just saying you can use it for the good or the bad and how you want to perceive it. I use it for good. I use right. my father's negative for positively. Well, Habib's using his father's passing as a positive thing 
to reinforce what his father had wished for him. You know, we're totally opposites, but father's words and father's wishes can work both ways. Yeah, I can relate to that. You know, it's crazy because I think you know this, obviously, but I've never used this in interviews or to try to use it to to boost my story or my my background or my motivation or anything. But losing my father when since we're talking about fathers, losing my father when I was a young uh, young boy and the circumstances around it was the biggest motivation I've ever had in my life to be a fighter. And so when you see me go out there and fight you know, obviously I was aggressive and I fought super hard. That was pure emotion. Like, I can't tell you how many times, and you've probably seen that I went in the locker room, went in the bathroom stall before I walked out. And like, I had a a picture of my father and like, I I literally had tears in my eyes and emotion before almost every one of my UFC fights because like uh, of that, that, uh, that fire and that emotion's dangerous because that's won me all those aggressive fights that I've won where I look like a a savage, which I'm not really a savage in real life. I'm not running out, beating people up and, and doing violent things or anything. That's emotion. That's pure emotion turned into like, I guess some sort of rage, uh, to try to accomplish that goal. And it's weird that the same situation with me, with my father, you know, like losing him at a young age was the same situation. Like I, I, I wanted to make him proud and do something and fighting was my outlet. And, and that's what I thought about for my fights. And that's why, I mean, I was fighting tears back multiple times as I walked out, you know, like <laughs> walked out in front of the crowd. You're supposed to be enjoying that moment and seeing the crowd and thinking about the fight. I was, I was holding tears back many times uh, and I don't cry. You know, you've seen, you, you probably never see me cry at all. If you, you know, you have seen me cry. You, <laughs> you, see, you see me cry when I lose a couple of fights. And and one fight that I won, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. I'm not like a crybaby or anything, but like it, it's definitely been a, a, an emotional thing, and I think that's what's going to happen with Habib, and I think it's going to turn him into a dangerous, dangerous person, in my opinion. Yeah, it's my job to get relaxed and to, you know not to be over aggressive and just keep himself composed, you know, and that that's an important job, you know. He's going to do the fighting, but I have to be behind, you know, getting his head right, you know, to not to not overdo it because you can overdo it and you can make mistakes and you know especially someone as dangerous as justin if you underestimate him you cannot underestimate someone as great as justin and let's face it he's a great fighter yep. i mean as of date you know habib's fought every type of fighter but the one thing that he hasn't fought is a guy with the wrestling he hasn't fought anybody with the wrestling credentials of justin he's fought good wrestlers but not like you know not the level of, of justin type of wrestling and Justin's never gone to the ground, so everybody, obviously, if he's that easy to take down, then a lot of people would try to take him down, but most people stand with him because they figure that trying to take Justin down is too hard, you know, and, and uh, rightfully so. You know, look, uh, uh, Tony, uh, t- Tony, you know, you know, he didn't really try to take Justin down much at all. That's why, because he knew it wasn't going to be easy, but this is the thing Justin has to be prepared for, and he is, is for someone that is going to try to look and take it down, and if he misses one time, Misses two times, misses three times. It doesn't go to stand up. You're gonna have to keep defending the takedown to the end of the fight. That's just the way it is. You know, yeah. uh, I'm even gonna stop. I don't. I don't mentally have them. Okay, try three or four takedowns and then stand up. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, you you still got five rounds in you. You five rounds. You shoot twenty times if you have. That's it. Because the bottom line is, you know, it takes a lot of energy to shoot, but it also takes a lot of energy to defend too. Yeah. So Justin, Justin has said uh, he's going to make this into like a car accident uh, of a fight where he's just it's going to he's going to get in the zone and when Khabib gets into that zone it's going to be you know bone crushing fist punching his head heads he- hitting each other 
uh, Justin's hands hitting his own head, just crazy stuff like that. Does that, I mean, obviously you believe stuff like that because Justin is kind of that crazy kind of fighter and he thinks that's the only way to beat Khabib, which is, I mean, that says a lot, you know, that, that he's given Khabib that kind of respect that that's, that's what it's going to take to beat him. Um, is, is that reckless type of fighting and hope, hoping that something lands. Do you see that as something more on the dangerous side for Habib or do you see something or do you see that more on the reckless side um, coming in like that where he's just going to go crazy every time Habib gets in that zone? It's both. It's both kind of it's kind of like perfect and kind of like the only chance. So it's kind of like, you know, but it's also it's also you're also your biggest danger, too. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, you can either play the safe route and stay back, stay back, which, you know, I think that's actually a good game plan. It's actually good. You know, and it's not like there's no game plan what we're doing. We're going to take him down. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. we're, we we can stand with him. He He's a good stand-up guy, but so is Habib. We can stand with him, but but we're not going to. Everybody knows. I say father's plan all the time. The reason why I call it father's plan, because number one, I know what his father wanted without ever talking to him. And number two, if I say father's plan, then, then it, it resonates with him as, okay, okay, you know, Hob, he, I don't, he doesn't want Hobbs' plan. He wants father's plan. Yeah. You know, so, no, we're, we're looking to take him down and we're looking to take him in the middle of the ring, on the cage. People say, oh, you know, stay in the middle, stay in the middle, Habib, okay, stay in the middle. Whatever, but you're still gonna have to defend the takedown in the middle or against the cage. Doesn't matter. He's an expert at taking you down. He's done it time and time again. Uh, Division one wrestler is a tougher nut, no doubt. But also too, you got to worry about Habib's punching. You can't be sleeping on just looking to defend a, a takedown and not worry about getting punched in the head and knocked out. That and, can happen too. And Habib's gonna know? do so it. He'll throw. Habib, I mean, yeah, more and more dangerous because he's able to hurt you in so many different ways. Yeah, and I mean, Justin's had success with, with, with stuffing takedowns. And it's like, yeah, I, I can see him stuffing a couple of takedowns, but it's like, how many can he stuff? I mean, like, Habib's not going to stop. And that's the, that's, that's the thing people don't realize is it's just one to another to another to another to another. So it's like, unless you have four people that are fresh, that are great wrestlers, and, and they're still not as unorthodox and different style as Habib is coming at you constantly in your camp. You can't prepare for something like that. You can't prepare for the level of, of, of intensity Habib brings with those takedowns and just the the ferocity and, and just the amount of them, the quantity of, of just this, until he gets you down, it's like he's going to keep going. He's not going to stop. And, and again, once he gets a hold of you and gets in that close position, that's when it's the hardest to knock him out. So it's like once he grabs yeah. you and gets in there, that's when Justin's going to have the hardest time to knock him out because he's not going to be standing in front of him. He's going to be holding on to him. And, and as you know, his grip strength and his overall strength is just beyond crazy for, for his, his weight. Yeah, well, one of the things that, uh, you know, one thing everybody realizes about Habib on the outside, oh, I can deal with it. When the inside, when they're gripping with him, they go, man, I didn't realize. Uh, yeah. Dustin, Dustin didn't realize. He thought that he'd be able to handle him on the ground and submit him. And I mean, Habib put himself in a chokehold on purpose, and it didn't get nothing for, for that result. His father and I, when Habib did that, we just looked at each other. We're like, we're looking at each other like this. We're going, like, what? It's like, like, ha-ha. You know, you're going to get burned your arms out. That's what Habib wanted, and they did it, you know, and I mean, man, I've never seen the boy tap. He never tapped anybody. The closest uh, guy that I have seen almost tap him was Kyle Crutchmer. 
And I thought for sure he was done. I thought that's it. He's choked. That's it. Done. And I go, I can't. And I was gonna video. I was gonna video it because I go, man, I could. I'm, I'm a brainwash. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna basically. Uh, he'll tell us, "I'll be give me money, or I'm gonna show people you get tapped." Right? <laughs> well, he did tap. I should have filmed it to show how great he is because everybody said, "Oh, he's done." Nope, didn't tap. No, and then I said, "My God, I've never seen you come close to tapping." And I thought I was gonna see. He goes, "Yeah, you know, coach. The other person almost had me was Luke." Because Luke, Luke Rockhold almost choked me out too one time. Freak, I said, though. wow. I go, Luke, he didn't get you. He goes, no. That's crazy to me. Incredible. People don't realize how crazy that is, but that that's crazy. Like Everyone gets tapped in the gym repeatedly usually, especially when they get tired. And it's crazy that, that he can withstand that because like, I remember when I came in for my last fight, and of course I was older, but you know, Luke's not young himself. And he 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 wrapped me up so many times. He took every bit of confidence and just and rolled it into a ball and just threw it into the ocean. It was he wrapped me up so much. He he's such a phenomenal grappler. And he's so much bigger than Habib, and he uses his 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 length. So just them grappling together when they're both fresh for Luke not to ever catch him would be crazy more or less when they're training and tired and everything else like it, that says a lot you know like he's, he's not a quitter we know that we know he's not a quitter you know oh. what, what why did, no let me just ask you that's what makes him strong i'm actually really fast because you were super pixelated we'll, we'll get on i know you got to go um we'll, we'll get through this really fast but just since you were pixelated uh i'm going to cover this really fast again what is it that you see as the most dangerous aspects of gaethje's game like like what is what what are the things that we're gonna have to look out for the most um Obviously, his striking, you can easily say, is a broad-spectrum uh, threat. But what do you think is, is the most dangerous things to look for in Gaethje when, uh, when he's against Khabib? Well, the, the brawler mentality and the throwing the leg kicks, though he does, those, those, are, those are potentially good. What potentially bad is if he goes too much to the well with those leg kicks, how are you going to pick him up and take him down off of that? He's really good at, at picking those kicks and taking them down. But, but Justin is so aggressive. That that you know, it's, you're gonna have to time those things perfectly, you know. And uh, Habib can do it, so that's one way. The brawling aspect that in your face, I'm gonna throw, you know, caution to the wind type thing, that could work in his favor. Um, the more relaxed, stay back type thing, that's not gonna work. So I don't see that. I see Justin coming in like you're saying, he's gonna come in, but right, good punching, good kicking, and good takedown defense. Got, yep. Well, actually, not just good, great takedown defense. Yeah. But how great is this takedown defense to compare to how great Habib's, uh, you know, offense on takedowns is? I, I, I personally yeah. don't think it's good enough. I don't think anybody I've seen in the lightweight division's takedown defense is good enough. I think Justin's is probably one of the best there is out there, but I don't think it's good enough, you know. Um, and that's why I think that eventually – with, with enough times Habib trying, he'll eventually take him down. He may take him down the first try. He may take him down the fifth try. Maybe the tenth try. I don't know. But once he takes him down, that's when it's a night and day deal. Because uh, I don't think Justin, because he doesn't, even though he does it at, at, at gym and, and at practice, he's never done it in a fight, bro. Yeah. And that's going to change a lot for him uh, in, the, in a fight not being on the ground. Because he's never done it. Yeah. Never done it. Have you ever seen him on the ground in, the, in a fight? Never. So once he's there, it's an unfamiliar territory for him, and he's not going to learn how to relax as well as he does with the stand-up. Stand-up, he's going to be good. going to be fine. But once he's get taken down, that's when, when things are going to be bad for him because he's, he's never done it in a fight. And, uh, and just also because you're so close to Habib, what, what is he fighting for? We know he's not I, – I know he's not fighting for money. I know he's not fighting for fame. 
he's already accomplished all those things to take care of his family and do all these things. And I know the legacy of his father is a big deal. What what is what is his his, his main thing that he wants to accomplish? Do you think in in this sport now that, that he's already accomplished if everything I, else? If I, yeah, if I if I have to say something, thirty and zero, undefeated, retired, undisputed. Just, you know, uh, the greatest uh, lightweight of all time, which he is now. But but if he beats, uh, well, he wants GSP for his final fight. Yep. And if he gets GSP and he beats GSP, he'll be the greatest fighter pound for pound of all time, Ever, in my yeah. opinion. And I think almost everybody else's opinion across the board is going to give him that. They're going to give him that because, listen, all the fights he's had in the UFC, he's only lost one round. That was to Connor, And that was because he chose to stand. There, before that, Daniel Cormier had the distinction of never losing a round until he fought Jones. Right. Before that, Daniel never lost a round. Never lost a round. And then he fought Jones. So Habib's only lost one round. So Habib's way, way ahead of everybody in the round department. Never lost a round. Now, uh, like GSP's lost rounds, he's lost fights, you know. And, and uh, uh, everybody has, except Habib's has the least amount of rounds that he's lost out of any active great champion that's ever, ever fought. And he's never lost. 28, yeah, what is it 28, right? 28 now? 28 now, 28 and now. Crazy. So, yeah, when you look at the, the record book, you go, how good you guys. I mean, and look at the competition. They're killers. He's yeah. Like killers. Killers. And you do you want that fight with GSP? I mean, is that, you really want him to have that fight if, if he wins against Justin, obviously? 100% I want that fight with GSP, and I think GSP wants it too, but we'll yeah. see if that materializes. And then, of course, for, for to fulfill the legacy, I, I think Tony, if Tony can get a win and the UFC offers Tony, I think that's a, that potentially can put a legacy fight too. Uh, the big money fight is Connor, but I'm not so sure that Habib wants that fight. But who knows? You never know, right? Anything's possible. But I think first and foremost, I think, uh, you know, get by Gagey. You know, you got to get by Gagey. Then then go after GSP. Go after that legacy fight. He's already done it. He's already did a, a tweet. A, a, I'm sorry, Instagram post. He's talking about this and then go on to GSP in April. You know, that's what he said. So I'm not saying anything different than what he said. And I just think that if the GSP doesn't go, I think the next is going to be they're going to probably throw Connor or Tony, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And that would be crazy that we, we finally get the GSP fight after we've had that fight uh, three times before and, and we didn't win against GSP. And now it would be crazy to get yeah. that fight so many years <laughs> later and actually have it against our best fighter that's ever been and, yeah. and possibly get that win finally. That would be incredible. Yeah, we're all in three against GSP. We're all in three. <laughs> but hey, hey, fun fact though, I'm three and zero against his teammates. I beat Vigno. Yeah. I beat I beat uh, uh, David Loazzo, and I beat uh, Goulet. So I, I'm 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 yeah. three and zero against his teammates, but I never got to fight GSP, and I lost that opportunity. So <laughs> my my uh, yeah, that's not much to brag about, but whatever. Deadlock. Three and three deadlock. We'll see what happens. Yeah, kind of against Team GSP. Yeah, make the tiebreaker in our favor. I got. I got to take take whatever I can. So listen, hey, I'm gonna appreciate. I appreciate you coming on here. I know you're rushing to go uh, train DC right now, and uh, give DC my best. I, I wish the best for him. We're rooting for him here in Thailand. Uh, I know he's got the best camp uh, this time. I know he's in the best mindset. I, I know he's ready to do this, and I am so excited. He's my hero, as you know. So I am so excited to see him go out there, and I'm I'm gonna be a nervous wreck watching him walk out there with, with just wanting to see the the result that I want so bad. I was going to ask you that really fast before I go. I forgot to ask you. Um, when when you have a guy like uh, DC going out there right now fighting in a fight like this, 
How, how different is it for you as far as the nerves and preparing when you're walking out there, knowing that you're coaching, but you're not necessarily being able to do the things to make the guy win? Like when you fought, like, like when you were out there, are you more nervous when you walk out there with DC or were you more nervous when you walked out there for a championship fight when you were fighting and you were actually in control of your own uh, punches and kicks? Well, uh, I'll explain it to you like this. When I started fighting, I was so freaking nervous that I'd be in the back room going, why the F am I doing this? I can't take these <laughs> nerves. I don't want to do it. I want to go home. I get out. What am I doing here? I continued to feel that way. And then I win the title. And uh, first defense, I'm feeling the same way. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is too much. The nerves are killing me. You know, and, of course, then I lose the title to Merrick Petrowski in, in uh, 94. And then I, I win again in 95, the light heavyweight title. And the nerves on that one were a lot less for whatever reason. And then my final fight uh, uh, against Mark uh, Marcus Reed, I basically, for whatever reason, man, the nerves were gone. I was anxious. I wanted to get out there and perform. I was like, you know, I felt, I, I don't know, it was weird, right? So now coming to coaching, get into the big fights, man, I'm a wreck. I can't sleep at night. I got insomnia. It created insomnia for me, believe it or not. That <laughs> all these fights, I couldn't sleep. I was, I mean, my mind was racing. I got to screw it up. I can't screw it up. I got to do this. Oh, man. I, no, I had to get on freaking Ambien, then Xanax. I mean, dude, I was on crazy, crazy ride. Me and too. the night before, I, I, I couldn't sleep because I was so worried about if I F up and this and that. This is such a big fight and Man, we can't lose. We can't lose. My heart's pounding. You know, all that crap goes on. Just like when I was fighting, except different, but sort of the same. And then the more fights we got involved, now, to be honest with you, guess what? I don't have any nerves. I got a little bit of nerves, but very, very few. It's a job. I need to be sharp and stay relaxed. The more sharp I get, the better my fighter do. The more relaxed I get, the more I can get my fighter relaxed. So... I'm so much different now. So going into this, guess what? Come fight night, I won't be having any sleepless nights with, with a, a DC. I will be sleeping because I'm going to know. I wake up, I'm going to be fresh. I'm not going to be so tired that I can't keep my eyes open like I did for some of your guys' fights. <laughs> but especially in Vegas, oh, my God, <laughs> such a gambling maniac. Yeah, I'm up there at the goddamn tables to three, four, five, six in the morning, seven to eight in the morning sometimes. Then I go, you know, I, I get in to get some sleep. And, of course, I can't sleep. So, again, I'm up almost 24 hours. I try to get some sleep. I close my eyes, but that's it. So then I have to get up and, and like, four or five hours of just having my eyes closed and then going in there. So I'm not functioning that well as a coach. Yeah. You know, but now, the way I am now, it's so much easier. So yeah. much easier. Relax, rest, sleep, get up. You do a great job. Yeah, you're absolutely right. My walkouts at, when I fought at Mandalay Bay used to start at the three-card table to get you. And then I would start walking from there. And then I would walk all the way, <laughs> all the way, all the way. I the longest walkout in history because I had to go get Hob off the three-card table. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, you don't you remember that? I'd be telling Bob <laughs> when we were at Mandalay, right? And you guys are going, Bob, when are they going up? Oh, okay, okay, I'll be there. And I'm at the gambling table going, okay. Okay, I got 15 minutes. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> That's funny, man. And, and for the I people, I can And for the people out there that are that are watching, that, that, that like uh, they think fighters like are like the movies that are like uh, not scared of anything, you know, like uh, 
you know, it, I, I heard Mike Tyson sit there and talk about his fighting and, and when he was getting ready for fights and he was he said that he was literally scared before his fights i've seen gsp talk about how nervous and scared he was so it's like that's normal so for all you guys watching right now champions like javier and stuff being nervous and and and, and being you know when you have something on the line like that that's normal all these guys that are that, that try to act like it's the movies and like i'm a savage killer beast that never gets nervous about anything when you have something on the line that you can lose and, and, and get taken away from you like a win or whatever, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be worried about it. You're going to be worried about getting hurt or maybe getting punched or maybe getting a broken nose, but you're going to be worried that you're going to lose and you're going to lose that championship or you're going to let your team down. So it's normal. I just wanted to get that out there because a lot of people, they don't understand that. Yeah, that's the key. You said the key word, lose. Yeah. Lose. If you had no chance of losing whatsoever, you're going to go out yeah. and, 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 and fight. You know you're not going to lose no matter what. You know what happens to those nerves and that being afraid? That goes away, man. Yeah. But when you're afraid and, and you, you're nervous, you, you're, 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 you know, you're in a situation where I could lose to this guy. I don't want to lose. We don't want to take the, the loss. We'll take the beating, but we yep. don't want to take the loss. Well, I, I, I'll go in there knowing I'm going to take a beating, but if I win at the end and I know I'm going to win at the end, hey, no problem. But okay. as soon as I realize I could lose, oh, my God. You know, it's just like singing, right? First time you enter a singing, go out there and you bomb. No one applauds you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. But I think about it. what's the what's the number one fear people have? Public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You're right. Public speaking. So imagine what it's like being a singer. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely. And and I know I, I know you got to go, Hop. I'm sorry, but uh, listen, go go uh, go make a champion for us and. Uh, and uh, thank you for taking time out for us or for, for my show. You always do. I appreciate it. I'll check in with you right after the fight and uh, see how everything's going and uh, catch you updates and uh, and go take care of business and good luck. All right. Hey, is this my first time on? Was it good for you? First time on? You know what? For you your first your time, Hob, not bad. I'll be honest with you. For your first time, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. We're, we're going to improve. We might need to do a couple more just to get you more, you know, well, relaxed and, you know. All right. All right. Quit well, forgetting everything we're saying. I predict right, you'll be buddy. back. That's my prediction. Thank you so much, Hoff. Great talking to you. All right. Bye. Well, there you have it. Javier Mendez. Always a great conversation. My favorite guest. He's 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 been on the show more than anybody else, as you can tell. Um, but man, talk about somebody who's done so much in the sport. Uh, my head trainer for many years. You know, he trains DC. He trains Habib. Um, he's trained all of us, and and uh, he's been in the corner of so many great fighters and so many great fights. And uh, it's always great getting his insight, his input, and uh, I love talking to him. So I hope you took a lot from it, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe, guys. Leave a comment and subscribe, please. We love to hear from you, and we love uh, subscriptions because we feel special, and we want you to uh, catch all the videos. I'm doing – we've done – guys, since July 29th, uh, I did Bruce Buffer, Tyron Woodley, Daniel Cormier, Brad Slater, Stefan Bonner, Javier Mendez, and I got more lined up in the next couple of days. So we are knocking them out like three or more a week. So these things are going to keep coming, and the only way you're going to find out about it is if you subscribe. So subscribe to the channel and you'll get the updates and we get some good stuff, guys. I mean, I, I try to get into great conversations with great people that I have some kind of connection with so we can talk about some interesting, uh, fun stuff. And, and so far, you guys are enjoying it. And I, I really greatly appreciate the support. It's been overwhelming. 
Um, I love reading the comments. I, I love interacting with you guys. Thank you so much for your comments and support. If you're listening to us on the audio platforms, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, you can leave a review there as well. Uh, you can subscribe to us there as well. I appreciate it so much. Thank you all. See you next time. <laughs>